Tom Dupree Show, Hour 3. <clears throat> this is a Scottish um, hymn slash folk song, The Rowan Tree, spelled like Rowan County, Kentucky, where Moorhead is. Uh, Peter Rowan, fa- famous bluegrass picker. The Rowan Companies in Houston, drilling platform, R-O-W-A-N. Um it is from, or it was featured in a movie that's out right now called Living. Um, and I will simply say that uh, the uh, the situation in, in which the song is uh, used is um, one of remembering. And uh, I love the song, by the way. Yeah, I'm so glad you found it. I, I you know, I've got um, I've got a lot of Scottish heritage. Love Scotland. Been to Scotland. Well, you got I to loved, see the movie, also. Loved, loved that song, and I'm really glad you found that. You forgot to introduce Missy. Oh, she's here. She's <laughs> ubiquitous with us. Her name's Missy Clifton. Missy Clifton sitting in with Tom Dupree. With Tom Dupree. You guys will keep me on track here. I was focused on talking about the song, not about 
anybody else in the room. Are you a Scottish history fan? Well, let's put it this way. If you study English literature, which I did pretty closely, uh, let's say you read Burns. Sure. He's a Scottish poet. Or uh, Samuel Johnson, who was his uh, autobiographer, was James Boswell. His family was from um, an island in Scotland. He was considered totally not very de classe in London, which is where he got to know um, Johnson, but he had this avid, uh, voracious um, interest in the things that Dr. Johnson was interested in. And, of course, he you know, did the biographical thing extremely well. So that's Boswell's Life of Johnson. It's written by a Scotsman. Um, I went to Glasgow when I was in England. or I, No, I didn't go to Glasgow. I went to Edinburgh. And I'll tell you a funny story. So I'm standing. It's horribly depressing because it's even in the middle of the summer, it's like 58 degrees and overcast. And I'm standing in the uh, Scottish National Museum, which is not a very well-lit place to begin with. And I hear this voice behind me and they saying, David Dupree. And I, well, I'm not David, but but that's my brother. But I turn around and there's this guy that had been a fraternity brother of mine, uh, Randy Anderson, but now he's going by Steven or something. And so he's from mobile and he's working with the Scottish national trust. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm, you know, being a tourist. And he said, well, he says, I'm in, I got to go to a meeting, but can you have dinner tonight? And I said, sure. So I'm staying in this dumpy little B and B. I meet him uh, somewhere. We take the bus out to the Firth, which is on the water, and we eat in this restaurant that's like incredible, very unScottish. It was the best food I'd eaten in weeks. <clears throat> Have a nice meal come back he said where are you st- where are you staying i said i'm in this guy's basement in this really not very good b&b he said let's get a cab go over there and get your stuff he said i'm staying in this guy's flat in charlotte square well charlotte square is like the nicest part of edinburgh it's all townhouses so he puts me in this room. I'm in this four-poster bed with floor-to-ceiling windows looking out on Charlotte Square, and it's like the most incredible thing that could have happened. Uh, it's architecture is, you know, uh, I don't know what, what, what you would call. Uh, it's like the same architecture in Bath, England. It's uh, Georgian, Georgian. And uh, that happened to me in Scotland. So I had a really nice thing happen. The food's horrible, or it was. I mean, who wants to eat haggis? Oh, I food? had great food. Well, the whole for you, you went to the right place. Almost places. two weeks. It was I, great. I, I went to a good spot. And actually I had good weather, by one, the way. One time. The weather 
was crappy that I went. I mean, they eat a lot of candy and stuff. I mean, but I, I w- Dr. Johnson, Boswell and Dr. Johnson went to the Hebrides, which are the islands off of Scotland. And they both wrote an account of it. This is probably 1762. And, you know, Dr. Johnson didn't act like a British snob. He said the people live in decrepitude, but they have a certain spirit. He wasn't looking down on Scotland was a very poor place for a lot of time, a lot of years. But in the 5th and 6th century A.D., it was a center of learning. St. Andrew's University was a massive uh, um, monastery where some of the first cradle of Christendom between there and Ireland, you know, you had uh, early uh, Christian learning. I mean, we're talking five, six hundred years after the birth of Christ. This was going on in Scotland. So it is, if you go right, I mean, you can argue, and I would argue in some ways that the Reformation, which happened in the 1500s, and Scotland, of course, was a big part of it, did away with all that, a lot of that earlier learning from the Middle Ages. Anyway, so you asked me about Scotland. Yeah, but I mean, see, I I, I suppose I romanticize Scotland a good bit. So a lot um, of people do. Well, I mean, you, you think about uh, they held one virtue among themselves, and you know they have this this beloved. If you go back and look at the, you know, for me, I, I love you know, the whole, all the way, you know, the Highlanders, the the clans, uh, you know, all the way down to the very end of the clan system. But you know, they believe Charles Stewart, you know, the Mister Glory sought but never never realized, never found. They're, they are a country that certainly endured, what, 200-plus years of a very contentious relationship with England, yet they always retained their individuality. Right. And that's, that's I, th- I and suppose, And even their the, own language in some And their own language. Areas. I, I listened to the Gaelic channel the entire time that I was, you know, we were driving around, and I thought it was so funny because we were in a, uh, we were, in Isle of Sky, and I turned around and said they were speaking in Gaelic, and I said I have to ask, what is August? Because every third word was August, August, and of course, yeah, it's and. <laughs> so that's the same Gaelic that they speak in Ireland. Is it the same Gaelic? Uh, it's pretty close. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a certain language. So when I was in Dublin, which actually is a really neat place to visit, and Edinburgh is nice too, but. Um, I listened to a horse race that's a steeplechase, so it's like five miles. So the race goes on for, you know, 15 minutes or whatever. It was in, they call it Irish. But those languages are very similar. You know, there's not much water that separates the two. Anyway, back to the movie. Yeah, I was going to say, the main thing was this movie, and this, this, this was a This song. movie um, is about, it's called Living. It's about a elderly man who's been a civil servant in London for his life. And he's been, uh, was nick- it 1955's London? Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. He's been nicknamed Mr. Zombie because he just goes through the motions and never gets any real work done, but they pretend like they really do something. 
And then he discovered... Paper pusher kind yeah, of came to mind. Paper pusher paper is all pusher. it was. He discovers he's got an illness that's going to be terminal. And he mourns it and mopes around for a few weeks. And then he comes to this determination that I'm going to do something in my life that really matters. And it's a, it's a kind of determination that nearness of death will perhaps push one to. And he does something very remarkable and out of the ordinary for, uh, he gets out of his reverie and his sleepwalking and his somnambulism and actually acts and acts in a way that benefits people that could know that he does something for some people that they could not do for themselves. And it's significant and it helps not only them, but young, young children. And he makes his mark in a way by doing that. And the movie is at least like a pure play. It doesn't have a lot of other plot lines that confuse the story. It's a pure plot about that. And it's a pure play on getting that jolt and waking up now. I had that, and I came out of it a changed person. I had a near-death experience, and it didn't just last for a day or two. It lasted for actually months and years, and I've had it three times in my adult life. And it's called depression. But when I walked through it, I came out with a different emphasis and view on my life and a knowledge of the fragility of it and yet a sense of the idea that the time is at hand to do and act upon the thing that you feel you should act upon. Well, the, it was a... So I could relate to the movie. Absolutely. I, I think when I told you after I watched it, it's almost like I could have wrapped up several... I'm a big movie watcher. I love movies. And You're not I saw big, but you are a movie watcher. Big movie watcher. <laughs> I could have... I, could, I saw shades of Bucket List. If anybody's seen Bucket List. If anybody has seen A Christmas Story with Ebenezer Scrooge, that character in particular. If anybody has seen uh, Grand Torino with Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's a good character. A man I called, wouldn't have thought of that one. A Man ca Called Otto uh, is another one with Tom Hanks sits out. There's this, it is this regrets lead to renewal that there is this, this moment you know, whether it's an illness, uh, impending death, uh, change, you know, uh, sadness, but there is some critical catalyst that occurs in the character's life, and they either it's that it's that it's never too late to change. It, there's joy in starting over. Um, it's the um, it's that 
you know, what, what I've always heard, uh, the best, the best time to plant a tree was 50 years ago, but the second best time is now. So it's never too late. You can, you can find, you, you can change that tune. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was, uh, it, it, your, that's really good that you said that there is no other side story except for the, the man's son and his wife and how they are looking out really for themselves and as though the the father is just kind of taking up space, which was a little, that was kind of sad. I thought, thought if, if there was any sad story, or but it was, that excuse propelled me, side him, story. That propelled him to have to share with outside people. Find with the. And, and find new friends and new. Miss Harris, Miss Margaret Harris. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, the movie's called Living. There's a guy in there that's been in some other movies. The lead actor well say his name again. john oh god i can't remember what's how, how do you say it ja- uh is it jack no oh, no 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 we'll we'll, we'll come oh, to all that right in a minute. but anyway he's an older man and uh he i thought the movie was significant also in that bill not not is it nye or nye n-i-g-h-y so however you pronounce that last n-i-g-h-y he is nye yeah yeah like so. night with a Y instead of a T on the end. The reason that I bring it up is because a lot of the people that listen to our show are listening for, you know, retirement investment advice or things like that. And they're talking about their money, but the real thing is your life. That's the real thing. You have money, but you have a life and if your only concern is money you're a very poor person in other areas money is supposed to help you live your life and do the things that you want to do and i, th- I thought it was interesting uh he had drawn out all that yeah he took out half, half of his, his savings half and of he his had savings. it at the right and he takes the the young lady to to Fortnum and Mason Masons, which was kind of like Herod's for tea, it was a big deal for her. Yeah, well, it's an expensive place. She'd never been to Fortnum and Mason. She ends up getting a job there, which later on, but they made her into a waitress instead of a manager. But the 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 point is, you know, British society is very stratified and. Certain people in this class never go to that place, or you know. Do you remember the point where uh, Sir, uh, what's his name, Sir James? Is it Sir James? Yeah, Sir the- James walks by in the hallway, and and Mister Williams stands back and and gets very he, he's in deference. He he puts his head down, bows to him, bows to him, yes, and says, says "Good morning, Sir James." Good morning, Sir James. And Sir yeah. James goes, mm. yeah, yeah. Anyway, but the thing is, it, it's. It's a very class-driven the society. The bowler hats. Didn't you love yeah, the bowler hats? Very, very class distinct. I, I doubt it's is that much that way now. I mean, I, I would say it's become more of a free-for-all, just like uh, so many other things in society now. It's not as stratified. But at that time, it was. And he, he was willing to do some things that didn't look normal for him, a civil servant. But he went out on a limb. And he succeeded, and but he had to beg Sir James at the end 
sick as he was to get this playground built for these kids. And I'm, I can tell you what's going on in the movie. I knew kind of what it was. You could go see the movie. It's called Living. And if you are at a point in your life where you're wondering what it's all about, think about what is something you can do to make a difference for someone else. Maybe someone who's less fortunate than you doesn't have the ability to do something. It's better sometimes if you do something for someone that they cannot and probably never would be able to do for themselves. So I could go one step deeper. Do we have enough time? Okay. Well, see that when I, when when I, after when I've, when I walked out and I was driving home, I thought to myself what I'd always heard was human hell is the unfulfillment of knowing who you are. And it's the failure of experiencing it. That was the most, that was the thing that tortured me the most when I was going through these downtimes was that I felt like my life was about to end and I hadn't yet done what I was really supposed to do. Well, and that was in this segment on time. You're listening to the Tom Dupree show with Missy Clifton and the mute Elizabeth Dupree. Uh, Cause she can't speak and stay with us for the next uh, half hour. We're going to get into the weeds on something else, but uh, we got to go now. Yeah. Thank you. Stay with us. show this is from a movie called local hero we were talking about scotland a minute ago if you've never seen this movie um and i'm sure you have missy probably local hero no yeah 1983 peter regert burt lancaster and then uh, a bunch of scottish actors so he's with um this is the year I moved to Houston. It was. It came out like in early 83. They were just building the Texas Commerce Bank building. It's in the movie, The Skyline. He's with a insurance company in Houston called Knox Oil and Gas. Fictional, of course. Burt Lancaster is the president of it. Um, he's driving this little Porsche out Allen Parkway. And you can see, you know, they do the of downtown and the, of course a lot of the buildings that are there now were just being built a couple of them hadn't been built Texas Commerce Bank was on its way up and it was so cool but they procure this uh, land in northern Scotland Burt Lancaster last name Knox is you know Scottish 
and Mac McIntyre, Peter Rieger, that character, goes over there to buy the whole town. They're going to put a refinery there. He ends up falling in love with it. And he gets Burt Lancaster character to come over. They end up deciding to make it into something completely different. And it is a powerful movie. It is it is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I, I have a top ten list of movies. This one is way up there. Local hero. The whole soundtrack is Mark Knopfler. Dire Straits. I got to tell you, it sounded like St. Elmo's Fire. Well, <laughs> it, it came same. out a, close to that same time, okay. but it's a different kind of movie. It's not a Brat Pack type movie. But the music sounds like. Yeah. It, well, that's that's early Dire Straits, but he actually, you know, did this. Uh, the movie is astoundingly good, and it's got lots of things in Scotland. There's another really super good uh, Scottish movie. It's called Waking Ned Divine. I have seen that. You have? I have seen that, yeah. Yeah, it's an incredibly good movie, but I kind of like Local Hero a little better. Uh, Although Waking Ned Divine is very good, too. So, anyway, so we're going to talk about something really boring, and that's schools. No, I'm kidding. Come on. I mean, you know, Missy's got some stuff she's done she's always doing research uh she likes going down that hole chasing that snake uh now 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 no this has been this has been a hot topic here since uh you know we've just rolled over to february right and january's extra property tax bill came out which oh, we've yeah. talked about um a couple times on the show in a couple of different hours and we explored that issue Right? right, and we found that on a local level, we have many buildings in the, our current Fayette County school system that are at half capacity. Or, yeah, you know, or, but or, we need to build more. Yeah, but we and need buy to buy more, more land. That's right. That's right. So we're not only so a lot of these buildings that are nowhere near capacity that are suffering from we talked about continued chronic absenteeism. So even if you've got the kids on the roll, they're not coming to school. Like in epic proportions yep. particularly in the high school so you know just holding that holding that that information i think it'd be, be easy to say that if you look at the school industry in the u.s public school industry it's basically run for the bureaucracy they say things and it's just like everything the government does they say the affordable care affordable care act it's not about affordable or care uh, the Inflation Prevention Act. It's going to cause more. Fayette County School says it's about the kids. It ain't about the kids. It's about the property, the jobs, those kind of things. Because the kids are not participating. Yeah, I think that I think that all of the inherent flaws of this this educational system, this approach to education that we have set up, the flaws were demonstrate were were completely demonstrated during the pandemic when you had you know these 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 unelected or elected officials union bosses that were keeping schools closed and you know all these these kids were blocked from in-person learning and it started changing the way 
people started looking at education. Uh, in, to, People's I mean, minds are broken. Right. Well, but I'm saying. I mean, every time you go to a hospital, let's say your doctor's appointment is in a big building like out here at Central Baptist or UK or somewhere. Everybody wears a mask. It's been shown over and over that masks do not prevent the spread of disease. And COVID is pretty much over now. And yet we've gotten in this thing of where you have to wear a mask. Nobody really questions no, they, it. They have to keep it going. There's and too much money going. Yeah, the, and the, it, it, you have to keep people thinking that there's a problem and we got to wear masks. And now it's rather people that rather than fight it, just wear the mask. You should have seen Elizabeth in that thing. God, she was so pissed. And <laughs> what? No, when we went to the doctor. Oh, that and was you took me that this you, week. Yeah, you took me there, and of course, you that probably should have had one on with with that freaking, or excuse me, that that throat you got going well, on. I we didn't have it before we went there. Things the changed. We changed. <laughs> With, with what has gone on the last three years, we changed. So, for instance, I yesterday I went to the movie to go see – I wanted to see Living so we could discuss it. And um, I wanted to be focused on it. I wanted to see it. Well, I walk in – I haven't been into a movie theater in four years. I walk in, and I'm like, where's the ticket salesman? What am I supposed – I'm standing in the theater at Regal Hamburg, and I had no idea what to do. Now, I know some people are probably laughing. or like, God, she needs to get out more. I, I literally <laughs> did not know what to do. I looked around, waiting. Is someone going to help me? And then I walk up to the screen, and of Every course, time you, you know, go I out can figure that out. Naked drunk guy laying out in front of you. I live downtown. It always is interesting, <laughs> but but it was the most it was the most odd moment. And yeah. so, I mean, even in small ways, we have we have been slowly but surely yeah. changed in our expectations on what you know what's supposed to happen. No, so I agree. the school system is no different. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So all right, so. You have to realize that things have changed, and yet our Fayette County Public School, the Arbor School Board, has had these, as we've talked about before, these massive purchases of properties recently, and some without any clear designation, like the one on Purcells Road. Sure. Right? Okay. And we have a national level with dropping numbers of families sending their kids to public schools, which we talked about briefly um, in a couple weeks ago. And that has been brought on, as Elizabeth was talked, as Elizabeth uh, brought up the lockdowns and people saying, I want my kids in school. And so they pulled them out of public schools and they put them into any school that was open, private, you know, whether it was, uh, uh, you know, uh, religious-based or not, um, homeschool, you know. And then some people also uh, did not, they had problems with the core curriculum, um, now, so it was interesting because this is, and I'm, I'm interested in how this is being, this information is being weighed and discussed by our current Fayette County board members. New article, brand new, just out from the Federalist. Uh, this was 2-2 of 2023. I don't think we can get any newer. School choice is the catch-all solution to public education's endless problems. And as I said, it talked about the inherent flaws of the educational process um, were certainly exposed during the pandemic. Now what are they going to do about it? And it's just interesting because um, it was talking about, you know, the millions of American students who are suffering from record learning loss because of the last two years. And unfortunately, they are, you know, for, for political administrations, 
as well as the teacher union leaders lobbying to keep the schools locked down. And on many of this stuff, um, it was just really interesting talking about how it it's forced parents who relied on the public school education system, yeah, public education system to look elsewhere. And so, drum roll please, I've never heard of this before in my life, but the National School Choice Week just wrapped up last week. Never heard of it, but it is, it's kind of a force to be reckoned with. It's been going since 2011. Um, it's in all 50 states. It has very, very aggressive um, events and public awareness, PSA. So from like from January 22nd through the 28th, millions of Americans celebrated the National Cho- School Choice Week at thousands of events, events nationwide. Um, I'm reading this. Many of those events included school fairs where parents can find information about the quality of education options available to them in their area. And you know, that people attended whether they had nieces, nephews, grandchildren, you know, in, in other words, just about everybody. And I'm thinking, okay, was there anything in Kentucky? Well, hold your horses, right? There's plenty in Kentucky. And you and I were talking about this. So I look, you know, when I drill down and, and anybody can look this up, it's all available for anyone to look at. The National School Choice Week, NSCW, has a very comprehensive website um, it talks, I mean, you go in on Kentucky and it talks about that most children in Kentucky and in America attend traditional public schools. Traditional public schools are free to attend. This is the major thing, right? It says that on average, Kentucky spends $11,397 per public school student each year. That's not very much. You don't think that's a lot for a public school? No, I think it is. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Kentucky has more than 170 public school districts and flexible open enrollment for public school. Now, do you know what open enrollment is? It means anybody can join, right? right? And it's but it's a it's a really valuable school choice. We're talking about you can you don't have to be accepted. Well, you don't have to apply and, and get accepted, or they can't say you haven't been asked. But back. I, I I didn't know that, and I don't have kids in the school system anymore. But it's it says what this means is that in most cases you can choose to send your child to a public school in your district, other than the in any in your district, other than the one that you have been assigned. Right. Additionally, as of July of 2022, just this past summer, all Kentucky families are able to apply to public schools in other districts. Okay. So you can go to Scott County if you wanted to. The receiving you have district to be accepted. The receiving district can set capacity limits, but must otherwise have a policy allowing for admission of non-resident students. If you would like to participate in an open enrollment, what you basically have to do is contact your local district and find if, for instance, like Margaret Greider, who works here, we were talking about in when she was growing up, for her to go to another school, she actually had to pay a small fee, that her parents paid a small fee for her to go. And that said, it said, in some cases, receiving districts in Kentucky charge fees for out-of-district students. So it's just really... That's just, it's just kind of fascinating to me. It, it said, you know. Keep, oh, so they, you think they did that for sports? You can. So, so there's a little piece of that. Additionally, because it says you have to keep in mind that high school students who transfer may be required to wait a year before participating in athletics at their new school. 
Right. Well, okay. So where are we going with this? Well, I so because it's but the point, Does, you're not addressing whether the education what I'm telling is you any is good that or not. There's open enrollment. Okay. The, the, charter schools. Open, we were talking about charter yeah, schools. Yeah, charter schools have had the deck stacked against them. The NEA uh, or the KEA does not want charter schools. They've said everything they can to make it sound like they're bogus, not any good. When in fact, where they've been used and able to be used, they run circles around the, Absolutely. I, the incumbent public schools. My sister. But we we're in a dystopian uh, kind of thing. I, I I'll. I'll I'll tell you another thing that makes me realize what kind of dystopia we are in. Someone on my Facebook feed has, uh, let's just say a relative that works for the local paper. And they were talking about all these Pulitzer prizes and things like that. And I'm thinking those are given by other newspaper people. So it's basically, you can be lousy, but if you say the stuff that is, uh, that everybody else wants to hear, they'll give you awards for it. Lexington is like that in a lot of things, not just schools. There's this kind of thinking, there's this group think that's, you know, prevalent among business people. And now you've got, you've got government organizations of all kinds thinking that they're businesses. And, you know, they sponsor events that businesses ought to be sponsoring. So how is there ever going to be any goad or spurring to improvement when the public sector is become the business sector? But they're spending taxpayers' money. They're not, you know, it's and, – and, and so this, don't expect the school system to get any better unless – there's a total crisis and you change the <coughs> you change the tax structure so that 93 cents out of every property tax dollar is not going to the school system and then that's not enough they got to come back and do another one and then I get to pay another school tax at the end of the year because I pay quarterly <coughs> I you know I wrote them a check for I don't know how much money it was it was in the thousands and that's on top of my property tax, which I don't get to deduct anymore. I can't deduct my property tax. And this is the most confiscatory place for property. So, oh, we're supposed to have a school system that's as good as Harvard is with as much money that's going into the freaking thing. But somehow we're not. We got 40% recidivism. What the hell? I mean, I thought I was paying for something really good. You know, look at how much money I got to work to pay for these property taxes that's going primarily there so they can buy somebody's house out here on on Versailles Road for a big number and use it for, for innovative, innovative purposes. Right. Yeah. What's going on? Why what? the hell am I the only guy or you yelling about this stuff? Why aren't all the the local media? Well, I'm telling you because the 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 newspaper and, and her name is on there all the time, gets praised for writing puff pieces that the other newspaper people that give the awards like. It's all an echo chamber. Yeah, I just feel like we're on a train that is going full steam. <laughs> and I have steam, felt this way not- for 45 years that I've been in business in this town. you got a bunch of zombies walking around. 
there it's it all the organizations and everybody praises everybody and scratches everybody's back and says how great just look at somebody's linkedin feed congratulations congratulations on doing what <laughs> what the hell did they do and they get 50 congratulations well i'm i am simply I mean, asking just, I, I, for I'm, people I'm, to look you know, at the I bigger think they picture should. you're right you it's i didn't know you were gonna picture. trigger me like you sorry about that you triggered me but it's just it's people have to look at the bigger <laughs> picture you cannot look at this myopically yet but my child my child is in a a portable and god bless you're right they need to spend more no wait a minute stop look at the bigger picture why are they look, in a portable when at, the rest of the schools look are at the half school full. system that are half full that's it's exactly so like stupid. look at the, the amount of people and, and nobody's that, really running it that has any business knowledge and same thing said, with our government peep this this piece, they don't care they don't even listen to what we're saying this piece that i'm just now reading about is all the other options that you have available to you and and it's different than in years past and you, you're boohooing about um or poo-pooing the charter schools, you know. No, I didn't poo-poo the charter. So schools. under under this under this I you know national school idea. choice, it said in 2017, Kentucky became the 44th state in the country to allow charter schools. However, no charter schools have opened in Kentucky so far due to the fact that, to your point, that permanent funding for charters was not approved until spring of 2022. Yeah, but even then, there's a lot of stuff that stands in their way. It's got to be. The person who starts it has to be the local school. Well, they're not going to start a charter school. They want you to go to the public schools. Well, and then I didn't realize that in 2021, again, Kentucky created a unique private school choice program. Through it, low-income families are eligible for flexible funding to use at public or any private school in Kentucky of their choosing. So that means they could use the money that is going to take care of their child and, to pay tuition right. somewhere. So it's almost as like what Fayette County, what, what the school board has done is created their own problem. They are on a spending spree and they are operating on, I'm, I'm suggesting not full information because what they did was they cut, you know, just like as I went to the movie theater and apparently they no, no longer have to have ticket salesmen. Well, guess what? They don't have to have brick and mortar schools anymore. Because oh. guess how many full-time online schools are now available thanks to the pandemic? They are available for a fee in all 50 states, and, and they are popular because parents would prefer to. They're kind of homeschooled slash yeah, online. Yeah, the, the child does the yeah. thing at so home. So if homeschooling is just not is too much for you, well, by God, you've made these kids, college and, under, and, and elementary and high school, be online classes for as long as they were during the lockdown. And keep now going. you you can keep you can you can continue that plan. It works so well. You can continue that. So I just I just find this all very interesting. You're gonna have to keep talking. I know, I know. Well, and the support pods. Oh, for God's sakes, you've got you've got support pods that um all kinds of. As I said, if anybody's interested, if you've got kids in school. Go take a look at the National School Choice Week. It, the National School Choice Week in SCW. I think it's actually a found. It is a foundation. It's a five hundred one three C. We'll post a link on the website. You know, just an opportunity for parents to to look and see what's available. See what your school choices are, specifically in Kentucky. All right, and you're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. I have so much more. Sorry, we'll talk to you next week, and hopefully, I'll have a voice by then. <laughs>